What's up, everybody, and welcome back to an NFL Wednesday here on the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. Sean and I jumped right in. We had to make up for the Monday podcast because I was out of town. So we talked college football first. Following that, we broke down the NFL up and down, top to bottom. And of course, we made our picks. So follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports and enjoy the pod. And welcome back into the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. It's episode 342. We're here on a Wednesday to combine college football Monday rundown and the NFL because, Tom, you were off in New Orleans. And yeah, we're starting the pod that way, bro. How old was it? <laughs> Listen, um, what happens down there is going to stay down there. But with that being said, um, the food was great. Uh, been there once. Well, I had been there as a kid, but as an adult, I've been there once now, and I will never go back. Um, it's it's a scene, man. It's I would I would almost describe it as borderline lawless. That's what I've heard, man. That's yeah. what I've heard. So you'll never go back. Like you got it out of your system, and you're good. Uh, I could be convinced by somebody persuasive, but there's probably uh, off the top of my head a million other places on earth I'd rather go. Um, you know, it's it's. Bourbon Street is um, it's a lot of fun, but it's also like ext- that's just a sketchy city. And like even the Uber drivers everywhere was like like second we get picked up to, from the airport, the first thing the woman says is do not go out alone, like especially yeah. at night. Um, and don't make I've any. I've heard returns. that theft like if you like do not you cannot have any belongings in the back pockets like they're gone. Like no, you yeah. basically got to have your hands in your pockets, guarding your wallet, phone, whatever. Yeah, I was a big time front pocket guy because obviously I was pretty banged up on a lot of substances, whether it be alcohol or other things. Um, sure. And then uh, my buddy left his phone in the Uber on the, I want to say the second full day there. Um, but we tracked that guy down, got it back. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm surprised. I thought that thing would be good as gone. Yeah, me too. But the guy was super nice. We gave him like a fifty dollar tip. I mean, come on, we were. I don't. Th- were we sober? I don't know. But we were splashing the cash. Um, I'll say no. Yeah, first day we landed, we we were a little jabby, and my friend Ryan, you know him, um, noticed that, and he had been to New Orleans. You say that on the pod all the time, by the way. Whenever you reference him, yes, I know Ryan. I don't know why I have to say that, but it's just I, I feel like <laughs> I have to every time, and I'm going to continue to do it. So my friend Ryan, I as you know him. Know. You've met him, fellow Ginger. Saw that we were a little jabby, so he took us to... Friend of the pod, did our 300th episode. Major friend of the pod. Um, We should have him back on soon. Um, Did, uh, took us to the gumbo shop. Uh, We got all of our, in in one meal, we got all of the things that you're supposed to eat in New Orleans out of the way. We got a po' boy, split that. We all got um, gumbo, split that up. And then we got jambalaya, split that up. Um, actually I had that to myself. 
no big deal. And then uh, <laughs> we went to Cafe Dumont after that. We had the um, – I keep calling beignets. them – They're beignets, yes. I get those and baguettes confused apparently, what I've been told. That's a bread. <laughs> Please tell me you ordered a baguette when you went in. I know. I just kept saying, let's go get baguettes. And everybody was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Why do you want a big piece of bread? I mean, that's French too. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, come on. They're, they both start with B as well. Um <laughs> And then yeah, my and Ryan major mistake. He he's wearing black sweatpants. It's like ninety. It, it feels like when you open an oven when you get down there because it was a little chilly up in New York. He's wearing black sweatpants and a black T-shirt. And I was like, we all looked at him and we're like, are you gonna change before we let we dropped off our stuff? And he's like, no, nah, we're just going out to eat and we'll be back. I looked at my other friend and I was like, there's no way we come back. We didn't get back till like eleven o'clock. We were just. That that first day we were just pounding drinks. Grenades are my new favorite thing, although I'll probably never drink one again. Um, just a fruity drink that just they they warn you to only have one. I had three. Um, there you go. Yeah. Second day, second day, Saturday. Um, I mean, uh, the amount of time that some of these guys spent between the casino and the strip club, I don't think they saw the light of day for this four day trip. <laughs> Um, yeah, second day we, let's see, mm, I can't really remember the second day very well. Um, That's all right. and then the third day, everybody was a little, everybody was a little turned down to start. And I just looked at my buddy and was like, let's go to Harris. And we spent probably 10 hours in the casino, um, mostly at the sports yes. book. Um, a lot of time spent on the smoking patio watching football from there. A uh, lot of – I think I had – I counted within a 30-minute span. I had six to eight vodka Red Bulls, um, and then I went to the bathroom and fingered my throat so that I would puke and get some of that alcohol out of there. And then we had a steak <sighs> dinner, uh, and then, you know, Monday you we – You the for the steak dinner. Yeah. Well done. Monday we hopped a jet and uh, we were back. We were back in New York, um, and my phone broke, but I ended up fixing it, so that was good. And yeah, that was the trip. It was just a debauchery and a whole lot of drinking and other things, and and that was that. Good, you got the New Orleans experience. I, I would have been very disappointed if I heard that y'all just took it easy. Because no, I mean, no, you can't down there, and it's a sprint, and you're gonna come back banged up. But mm -hmm. it sounds like you hit the highlights, and yeah, good, good shit, man. Yeah, it's very dangerous there, though. Like we were, yeah, we were at uh, this. My, a lot of my friends didn't want to go out, so then Saturday night I ended up – the only thing I really remember too well is I, I ended up sneaking out with a few of them to have a couple of my new favorite drink, the grenade, and we ended up at this diner burger joint at like probably 2 o'clock in the morning, and there was this homeless guy that just kept opening the door, and there was this waiter there, this huge guy with a ponytail, and out of nowhere, after like five times of the homeless guy opening the door, you just hear this whap. Like three times, and the guy, the cashier has got a metal bat, and he's banging the counter with it at two o'clock in the morning. And he's like, "If you Jeez. come in, if I you open that door again, I'm gonna be hitting you or something like that." And I was like, "All right, boys, it's time to pack it in." Yeah, that's the sign. Like, listen, we we got to get the fuck out of here. We paid our dues. We're good. Yeah, I had the feeling that bat has definitely been used before. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. So, but all yeah. in all, great time. Uh, my bachelor party will not be there. Um, but it was a good time. 
Good, man. I love to hear that. No, you're going up to Saratoga to the bet the ponies, right? Yes, bet the ponies, play golf, hit the casino, a little bit of debauchery, and just, you know, have a good time. Drivable, which is huge for the boys, except for you, obviously. But Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's just going to be a lot cheaper. And, and I don't... I don't need the whole Bourbon Street or Vegas Strip experience. Like, I, I that's been out of my system for years. I just want to play golf and drink and do other stuff with the boys. I'm just going to leave well, it at you, other stuff. People can f- guess recall, what they want to guess. Yeah, if you recall a couple months back when I was playing at my brother's bachelor party, he had gone to Vegas for his friend's bachelor party last year he got it out of his system and got it out of his system and that's like reaffirmed what he wanted to do which was exactly that we didn't end up playing golf we went paintballing obviously but like he was like hey just a chill just a chill weekend yeah exactly drink hang by the pool play long games you know like just escape for a while and, and hang out with the boys and i was like yeah perfect yeah, this was not that. And I you know, I hadn't had one of those Which kind of good, weekends. Though. You got no. you got to have yeah, the absolutely. balance. Man. I hadn't had one of those kind of weekends in a long time and I had a blast. I really did. Good. Stayed good. out of the strip well, club though. <laughs> but Which that's one? not that's not listen, everybody. That that has nothing to do with my lovely fiance. She said do, I do what you wish. I wouldn't be marrying a woman that would be controlling. I just do it because I think listen, I don't spend money on that kind of stuff. I'm good looking enough where I don't have to. You know what I'm saying? I hear you, man. You're doing just fine. You're doing just fine. Um, listen, we needed the recap. I'm glad we got it out of the way. Uh, I texted you Monday because I couldn't remember when you were getting back. I never got a response, and I was thinking, uh-oh. You texted me? Claimed it. I did, yeah. Oh, That's shit. A, well, you said your phone broke. Look, yeah, so keep in mind, um, I, I put the phone on airplane good. mode when I got onto the plane when we boarded. It was a private jet, so we just went straight to the tarmac. And um, yeah, I, sure. I turned the phone off, and then when I put it back on, I didn't. The service just never came back until I think we landed at like eleven. I finally got the phone to work again at like eight p.m. So yeah, I texted you at like four your time. Who knows I like, if I, I even got it? Honestly, I said I, I prefaced it with I'm not sure if you got back up for a pod tonight unless New Orleans claimed you, and I never got a response. And I was like, New Orleans got him. Port. Poor motherfucker never had a chance. But then he <laughs> yeah. responded very promptly today, so I was like, "All right, he's alive. That's good." Yeah, no, I my New Orleans didn't kill me. Um, I I feel fine. It just the it killed my phone. That's fine. We'll take it. And your buddy got his phone back, so sounds like you guys got out of there banged up, but on skates. Anyway, let's get into it, Tom. Um, you know, in a week three of college football, that didn't have a lot of marquee matchups, as we talked about last week. Some of these games were actually pretty compelling, starting with the game that broke the ESPN streaming record for college football. Colorado beat Colorado State 43-35 in overtime. Travis Hunter got hurt. But this game had freaking everything and ended about 2 in the morning Eastern. Yeah, I, I think I watched most of this game before we ended up going out and that Travis Hunter hit was was pretty messed up. The kid doesn't deserve death threats. I will say that though. Um, Colorado State hung around. You could see that Hunter was really tremendously missed. A lot of um, uncharacteristic drops and and just mental mistakes from uh, Joe Horn Jr. I feel like I saw two or three drops from him. But at the end of the day, Colorado held on and and they're on to the next game. Yeah, and you know what I took out of this game aside. 
from that last drive that Shador took them 98 yards. Yeah. By the way, you find out that he's been be- he's been being mentored by Brady. I mean, that makes all the sense in the world then. Uh, and he did it without his best player, Travis Hunter. Um, but I love that Dion came out after, and I think it was yesterday, said, you know, the, the, the player that hit Hunter, like, listen, he's just trying to play football. He's a college kid trying to make a name for himself. Let's move on. It happens. Travis Hunter said the same thing. So it's just another reason to love Dion and love the character of this team, where even though they say we make it personal and you're getting into some altercations pregame, these guys understand what the big picture is all about, and I think that's pretty dope. Dion's the best, man. I mean, he was he was a little before our time, and I don't really think his legacy – I don't think football does a good job of it, and that might be the problem – his legacy hasn't carried over like some of the great basketball players or even some of the great baseball players, but I mean, he's incredible. He really is. He is, man. Um, and I agree with you, by the way. Football definitely doesn't carry its legacies the way uh, some of the other sports do. Um, number four, Florida State. They were they almost blew this thing, man. They were in uh, Chestnut Hill at Boston College. And Boston College screwed up a two-point conversion that could have won that could have tied this game but uh Florida State gets out of there 31-29 and I think this was really just get out of dodge and it was a wake-up call but you got to be a lot better um because one letdown game and you're out of the entire playoff picture no doubt about it wake-up call is a perfect way to put it um speaking of which right below that in your notes we have another wake-up call yikes 17 to 3 it was um, it was about as bad as I've ever seen Alabama play under Saban. Mm-hmm. That's just a good given point. the given the opponent and what the game was supposed to be. You know, um, they start their second stringer. Uh, Milro lost his starting job. Uh, the second stringer was terrible. Uh, they they then moved to Ty Simpson, the redshirt freshman, at the end of the first half. The game was or at, uh, yeah, at the beginning of the second half rather. The game was very weird because there was an hour or so delay because of lightning. Florida State or uh, Florida State, um, South Florida couldn't really do anything, and Bama's offense just looked like it was just stuck in the mud. Uh, play calling, bad quarterback execution, bad offensive line play. They get out of this, but Saban, you wanted to use this game as his 2015 Jay Coker test of saying, who's going to be my guy to lead me the rest of the way? And with Ole Miss coming in, he said, Jalen Milrow has led the way as a, as a team leader, and he's going to be our guy the rest of the season. So he was looking for leadership out of that position that they desperately need. I've said last week, I don't like Tommy Reese's play calling thus far. Uh, you get out of here 17-3 in the least impressive win I can remember with Alabama. And now uh, you're getting into the into the season of conference play, and Kiffin's coming into town. You, they got to be a lot better than what they've been, bro. Yeah, no, they they do. Will texted me about it, obviously, but I'm not replying to Will for a while, anyways, because he had <laughs> he had sent me some stats about CD Lamb and uh, Sauce Gardner, and like, of course bro, he did. He my, didn't my, help himself. Yeah, I know, but it's just it's like my quarterback just died on the field, and like you're texting me that yeah, CD no Lamb. He, yeah, but that's okay. That's okay. Did I text him when Dak's leg fell off? Those kind of things? No. But you know what? I'm the bigger man, so I'll just ignore it. If he wants to text me and apologize, I'm totally willing to listen. Maybe he'll formally apologize on the podcast, just you know, for having 
bad timing and bad taste because you know I was still reeling, and I was also very cross faded um, in North in um, in New Orleans <laughs> as well. So that's partially yeah. the reason why I didn't reply, but the other reason was because I was upset about the shit talk that was unwarranted, and I didn't really like him shit talking your Alabama team either. Well, he he was shit talking me. Uh, as you know, I was going to the Texas game that night, so I was the way the Bama game was going because of the long delay. I I had to leave my place at like halfway through the third quarter and i'm like fuck like i it was three three at that time he's well he's texting me and then he's saying oh well kansas is going to walk into austin when i'm like well i'm not a longhorns fan so okay if they do like great this is just classic this is just classic he's got a shit talk but i'm wet listen well do you really want me do you really want me to flip the script do you really let's just say this (laughs) you're you're holding receipts Oh, no, I mean, this has been my entire life. I mean, yeah. it's always Thomas is, Thomas talks, you know, Thomas is mean, blah, blah, blah. Listen, I don't start shit, I finish it. And if I got to put you in a verbal coffin, I will. But it's always, oh, Thomas, this time. But what people don't pay attention, mom and all my aunts, is that everybody <laughs> else starts it and I just finish it. Sorry. Yeah, you're not the you're not the provocateur. No, I'm just the finisher. I'm the finisher. But you know what? That's neither here nor there. Will, I love you no matter what. Um and you know, that's it's okay. Congratulations on your win for the Cowboys. Um and Alabama at the end of the day, they fucking held on. They won, and if they run the table from here on out, they're gonna be in the four and we know that. Well, just to just to put a cap on this, you know, there's a lot of parallels people are making to two thousand fifteen where out of camp Saban did not was looking for leadership out of the quarterback position. Blake Sims had left. They did not make the college football playoff in 2014. And Jake Coker, the Florida State transfer, kind of was doing all the things behind the scenes and in practice. And Saban said, "Okay, like this is the guy I feel the best about." And uh, after a loss to Ole Miss, uh, he was guaranteed the starting job. And I think now that Jalen Milrow has the starting job and knows that if he throws a bad pick or whatever, he's not going to lose his job, and, and it's, his, it's, his, it's his opportunity to go win. Hopefully he plays a lot more free and easy, and, uh, you know, Saban's hoping that uh, things can repeat themselves because in 2015 they won the national championship that first game against Clemson. So do I think this is a national championship team? No, but as we go down the docking here, dude, the biggest takeaway from week three is some of the best teams in the country are not necessarily as great as I thought they were because Georgia beat South Carolina 24-14, and it was 10-7 at the half, and really until the defense turned it on in the second half, they did not look good at all. No, it was a, I don't know, slow week for basically every team in college football. Um, I mean, I'm not worried about it, though, at all. I mean – these teams are still winning, and that's really all that matters to me. It is, but would you say that over the first three weeks of the season, you've seen a little there's no bit clear cut dominance? Yeah, no, we've some of these best teams. No, there's no clear cut champion like last year. Georgia was like <laughs> head and shoulders above everyone, and the year before as well. And then you had LSU before that, um, but. I mean, we already have mentioned and spoken about the uh, the parity in college football this year, and I just think you're going to see a lot closer games. I think for the most part, the, if the team's got a chance to win a national title, it's going to win, but they're going to be a hell of a lot closer than 52-3. to three. 
Yeah, and you see, like, Michigan and Ohio State, they haven't played anybody yet, but that's going to change this week. Um, the, la- the second to last game that I thought meant the most was Florida, who had looked absolutely terrible. We saw in week one they go into Utah and get bull rushed. Uh, they beat up on Tennessee. Uh, you're soon to be school. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Swamp, and Tennessee can't win in the swamp. They haven't won in the swamp, even against some bad Florida teams in, like, I don't know, the last – I think it was the last nine times they played down there. I just don't think this Florida team's good, and I'm incredibly disappointed in the Volunteers. And honestly, Sean, there's been rumbles. I'm not going to confirm or deny the rumors that I may be just – I verbally committed to Tennessee, but I didn't sign, and that I may just leave the transfer portal open and hear what the offers are. Uh, It's rumors. Yeah, well, and if your boy Caleb stays another year, which I don't think No, come on. Yeah, he's hey. no, no way. Well, I'm just saying, his dad said there's a chance, so we'll keep that open. Um, okay. Missouri, the last one, K State was 15th in the country, and they get walked off on a 61 yard field goal by Missouri, knocking Kansas State out of the top 25. That's a really bad loss. I know it comes in pretty dramatic fashion, but Missouri is not good, and you cannot lose that game. No, you. No, that's just bad. Uh, you deserve to get knocked out of the top 25 with that. For sure. Um, Tom, we're going to run through these fast week four previews. I also have the lines for you. So I'm going to ask you to pick these games oh, in God. real time. So we're going to start with week four, which here, honestly, this slate is really freaking good. So if you are ready to immerse yourself in college I hope you football, went pumpkin picking last week. What's that? I said, I hope you guys went pumpkin picking last week. That's right. Yeah. That, well, you hey, hey, you told everybody to do it. So mm-hmm. Damn right. Hopefully they listened to you while you were down in New Orleans. Okay. I'm not going to be pumpkin picking. It's my birthday weekend, baby. It's Saturday, baby. The mm-hmm. big day. It is a big oh, day. I, don't worry. I, I remember. It's supposed right. to be rainy up here. When's your birthday again? Because I can't remember it. It's almost a full month after you. It's October yes, 26th. you and Ryan, my two ginger friends, have October birthdays. That's how I remember that. There you go. Yeah. So you're the 23rd of September. I'm the 26th of October. Okay. Rutgers at Michigan. Michigan is a 24-point favorite. At home? Yes. Uh, Give me Michigan. Florida State at Clemson. Uh, Clemson is a a two-and-a-half-point home dog. Hmm. I think Clemson sucks. Give me Florida State. They're going to win this game on the road after that wake-up call that they had, the close one. Yep. I agree with you 100%. Colorado and Oregon. Oregon is a 21-point favorite in Eugene. Oh, man. I mean, pick them with my heart. I'm taking Colorado money line, but that's is a Travis big... Hunter's X-Factor a difference maker for you? Well, he's not playing, right? That's the thing, yeah. No, yeah, I'm taking Oregon. That spread is way too big. There's something, something fishy there. Vegas knows something with that spread that high. Ole Miss at my Alabama Crimson Tide. Alabama is a seven-point home favorite. Alabama. I mean, I know Saban hasn't had as much success against his assistants, but like you said last week, Lane Kiffin's a different story. All right. UCLA at Utah. Utah's a a four-and-a-half-point favorite. This is 22 at 11, by the way. Give me Utah. I don't think that's a big enough spread. I mean, they're they're eleven places ahead of them. They've already got a big win against Florida this year. I know their Florida is down, quote unquote, even though they're twenty fifth ranked. But that's an SEC team. I like them. 
Yeah, and and with DTR gone, I don't. I haven't watched UCLA yet this year, um, so I don't know their quarterback situation. But uh, this is a tough place to go play at Utah, Arkansas at number twelve LSU. LSU is a seventeen and a half point favorite at home. I'm going favorites here, man. College football is usually pretty chalky when it comes to the big dogs on the road losing. Okay. Um, Oregon State ranked uh, 14 at 21 Washington State. Uh, Washington State is a two-and-a-half-point home dog. Washington State. All right. The Longhorns at Baylor. Number three Longhorns. Yeah, that's right. They moved up to three after what I got to tell you was not a very impressive win. The, the 31 to 10, uh, it, they, it was 10 10 at the end of three. Um, Let me guess the spread. Texas, all right. Texas at Baylor. Texas at Baylor, number three. I'm going to say Texas is a 10 and a half point favorite. Higher, 14 and a half. Give me Baylor. I know that they're not doing great this year, but that's a tough place to play on the road in conference matchup. They almost knocked off Utah a couple yep. weeks ago. I, that's That was one of the reasons. I knew they played a, a very good team well this year. I just couldn't remember which one. All right, 24 Iowa at number 7 Penn State. In Happy Valley, Penn State is a – do you want to take a guess? At the sure, favorite? I'll take it again. I'm going to say a 21.5 point favorite. Okay, not that high. It's the same as the Texas number, 14.5. I'm better at NFL just because I know it more. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Penn State. I, if I'm guessing 21, I think that they're going to win this game by more, so give me that. Aller struggled for the first time last week at Illinois. Uh, Through a couple picks, but yeah, this is a good get-right game. We know how Iowa wants to play. They want to win 13-7. to Penn State's offense is way too good for that. And then Ohio State at Notre Dame. Finally, the Buckeyes are going to play a real team. They're number six in the country. Notre Dame's number nine. You want to take guess? a guess at the spread? This yes. is at Notre Dame. What do they call at Notre nine. Dame Stadium? Uh, the Leprechaun know. or something? I don't know. I didn't know if it had like a big house kind of name or something. Yeah. Um, what's Alabama's? Uh, Bryant Denny Stadium. But do they call it? Does it have a nickname? No, it's just Bryant Denny. Oh, okay. It'd be cooler if they did. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go. I think people love Ohio State. I'm going to go Ohio State plus six on the road. Okay. Or no, 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 no. Not- excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Ohio State minus six on the road. I'm sorry. Uh, that's okay. I know what you meant. It's not that high. Three and a half. Ohio State's still favored though, right? Correct. Give me Ohio State. All right. Yeah, I I, okay. I don't even like, what's the coach's name, Day? Ryan Day, yeah. Yeah, I don't even like him that much, but I don't know. I just I, I like Notre Dame less. Well, uh, the Ohio State fans are not loving Ryan Day because after two straight years losing to Michigan, I think if he loses again this year, um, as irrational as it might be, uh, his job might be in question. Yeah, I mean, saying the word college football in irrational should not be allowed because that's <laughs> all it is. That's all it is is right. All these um, fans coming out here thinking they have a chance. It's like, dude, three teams, maybe four, have a chance. Yeah, and it's like your team is always finishing in the top ten, always, you know, like they they win, they lose one or two games a year. Like, really? 
Um, exactly. A little yep. shake up in the AP top 25. Texas does move to three. Florida State goes down to four. So those two teams switch. Other than that, we are keeping it status quo. The SEC with six teams, the Big 12 with two, the Big 10 with four, the ACC with four, and the Pac-12, of course, the Conference of Champions in its final season as eight. Yeah, the whoever this whoever runs college football must be fist pumping right now that the Pac-12 doesn't have the most anymore. Dude, it's just so funny watching and then seeing the commercials for the Pac-12. Oh, like, I can't. I just can't believe some of this kind of shit. And like, it's it's. I guess they already paid for the ad space, but it's just crazy, man. It it really is like the the tone deafness of of some of the people that make decisions in this country, in this world. It, it is a hundred percent agree with you. Um, all right, let's move into the NFL. You ready to go? Oh yeah, I was born ready for this. Let's go. All right, we'll start with my Giants this week. Um, they beat the Cardinals thirty-one twenty-eight. Tom, this game uh, almost had me go missing. We talked about <laughs> you in New Orleans. I wasn't sure if you were coming back. I didn't hear back from you. I was I was nervous that you were you gonna finally, you were gonna come over and look for me. I was I was tempted. I was gonna have to. I was gonna have to get out of Austin. I was gonna have to leave work for a week. I would have to go missing. Like nobody hit my phone. Like I'm I'm gone. Um, because if they lost this game, I would have been despondent. Another year of bullshit. But they come back from a twenty to nothing halftime deficit shutout for the first six quarters of the season. They then trail twenty eight seven in the third. They score a touchdown immediately. Give up another one. But then come back and we're just putting up points like the vintage uh, New England Patriots. Um, it was the first win, uh, comeback win of 21-plus points since 1949. So that goes to show you how rare this is. But, Tom, listen, I wanted style points. I expected this game to go a lot easier. But at the end of the day, the way the game ebbs and flows, you, you, you can't be too selective with it in the NFL. Opposite of college, a win is a win. And they got out of Dodge uh, thanks to Daniel Jones' second-half performance. He was awesome. He was amazing coming out of halftime. The Giants suck. I'm sorry. Of course, they didn't cover okay. the spread. Um, and, yeah, losing Saquon is not fun either, and I don't think he's going to play this week. He's not supposed to play. Uh, Andrew Thomas was also ruled it out. He was out for this game too. Dude, I just don't know how it happens. Like, I'm trying to take the positives out of it where – Dable last year was really good at second half adjustments, and he obviously made some huge second t- second half adjustments in this game. But I just don't know where this was. Like, how do you not adjust after the forty nothing drubbing to the Cowboys? Like, how do you come out that flat on the road in Arizona? Like, you should beat this team handily. Yeah, no, it was. It almost felt like a loss, um, just because of the emotion of the game and the huge comeback, but. <laughs> Bless you. Like you said, at the end of the day, it's it's a win, and un- unfortunately, it does feel like you kind of lost more than you won, losing Thomas as well as Saquon. Yeah, I was relieved. I left out of there relieved. I just yeah, said, thank you're you. not happy about it. Gods. No, you don't feel good. You don't feel happy about it. It's almost just like, you know, you made it out of a bank robbery alive. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not <laughs> – I don't feel great that I was part of that, but I'm, I'm very thankful to be alive. That was kind of the same thing. Yeah, and now it's on to the next bank. Um, so the Giants get the win. Next They're bank is going to be tough. <laughs> the next, next bank is going to be tough. It's going to be tough tomorrow night at San Francisco. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that game when we do our picks. Um, 
Tom, unfortunately, your Jets, uh, we kind of saw this one coming. Uh, Cowboys beat you easily, 30-10. to 10. Um, Zach was not very good, but I, I personally don't hang this game on Zach. I know you were uh, at the sports book. I don't know how much of this you caught, but what were your takeaways from this game? Can't really put the blame much on Zach. I agree with that, but it's it's not about the Cowboys game. It's it's really it's it's not about the Bills game. It's about his entire career, and he fucking sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I like agree. I I don't take anything negative or positive away from this Dallas game. If this Dallas game could be null and void, never have been played. Doesn't matter. I still feel the same way about Zach Wilson. I felt the same way last week. He fucking sucks. I said I was out on him. I had hope for him over the off season. Let's get somebody in here, man. Just come on. Is Brian Hoyer yeah, still I, playing football? He is. I, I I forget where he is. Uh, I'm gonna find that out. You 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 do what you you say what you got to say about these Jets. Yeah, I, I mean, here's the thing. Dallas is incredible. I took away that they are as good as they showed against my my team. Uh, Micah Parsons cannot be stopped. Um, C.D. Lamb had himself a day, as Will liked to point out. By the way, Will isn't 100% right, because even though Sauce dropped that interception, that should have been a pick six. Um, the, the zone defense that the Jets play does not have Sauce travel with the other team's number one. So he was not up against C.D. most of that game. It was D.J. Reed. So No, I, and I know like that. that. And, it, uh, of you know, I watch the Jets. I know what's going on. And I knew that Reed was on him way more than Sauce. But it's just like I'm not even going to humor him with an argument. No, I hear you. But I would like to at least point out facts. For, I, uh, oh, I appreciate you for having my back always. Hoyer is on I the Raiders, by the way. Okay, so yeah, I mean, listen, Garoppolo is, we know, very fragile, so he's probably a hit away, but I know they have that kid that played in the preseason that they liked a lot, so maybe you can get a Brian Hoyer. There has to be somebody, because, dude, I have never seen this kind of public coddling of a quarterback that really doesn't have a set future. Like, I feel I like he's like, last year. I feel like it's like how Go people ahead. treat a seven year old. Like oh no he's just you know he's just he hasn't developed yet and blah 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 oh no he he didn't start talking yet but we don't think he's slow like whatever like that's how we're talking about Zach Wilson <laughs> you fucking grown man I, I'm with you like Listen, they talk if, to him like oh his his leadership is so much better this year you know he, he really has been taking accountability we need to do a better job around him it's like I'm not saying that even if you had the great Aaron Rodgers in this game that you would have won because no. he would have been struggling behind an offensive line that could not pass protect against a dominant defensive front in Dallas which is fine but again it's just the, the whole aura or, or the whole feeling around this team you have the aura of Aaron Rodgers and now you've got this kid where I don't understand why they're going to continue to bang their head against the wall he's and not the answer Rodgers is coming back next year he's coming back in January done with. <laughs> he's coming yeah, back in January we heard that but no I I aware because it's probably not going to be in a real game no, of course, but I echo everything you say, and it's just like, also, Sean, nobody's pointed this out, so I feel like I'm obligated to. Do we not remember last year when he said all that dumb shit? I don't even remember what he said, and then he was, like, exiled, and Sala was shitting on him in the media and stuff. Like, are we forgetting that we're le- way less than a year removed from that bullshit? And also, stop treating him like a baby, because if he's old enough to not only cheat, but fuck his mom's friend cheating on his girlfriend, he's old enough to fucking run a team, okay? I've had enough of this shit. 
You said everything I think everybody would like to say. Um, and I know how heartfelt it is coming from you. And it's true. I think in a perfect world, everybody would like him to be good. But he's not. And you can't continue to hang on the fact that he was the second overall pick because there were former number one overall picks. You just saw Trey Lance get booted from the 49ers who traded up to draft him third overall. Things change. He's not any good. And this team, you already are starting to see the cracks in what was supposed to be a really beautiful season with Brees Hall tweeting out, I only got four carries, you know, that's why we didn't win. You don't like that. Sauce deactivating his Twitter account after people were roasting him about his performance. Like, these are things that happened last year because, like you said, Zach took zero accountability for that performance against the Patriots. They abandoned him. His own teammates were wearing Mike fucking white T-shirts. For a guy that, let's just be honest, was also not very good, but he at least demonstrated professionalism. I don't care if Zach Wilson has more professionalism, sounds better, is more vocal, is a better leader. He still cannot process information. He still cannot make the throws he needs to make. And he is costing your team games. The last thing I will say, though, and I really want to get your thoughts on this. I do put this game on the Jets' defense. If you're going to come out and say, we can be a top three defense, we might be like the 85 Bears, you can't give up 30 fucking points to the Cowboys because your offense, even like I said, with an Aaron Rodgers in this game, never had a chance. Now you're losing this game even with a healthy Aaron Rodgers. You're right. The defense has to get called to the carpet. You want to call yourself a top three defense. You can't let the Dallas Cowboys, who I know have weapons, but I'd say they're probably a middle-of-the-pack offense. You can't let them drop 30 on you. And 30, by the way, could have been 40 if this was a real game because they called off the dogs. What's next for your team, man? I like, don't know. Honestly, what's next? I don't know. I hate that you asked that because it has to be asked. But I'm listen, we, we got New England this week. Um. Listen, if Zach Wilson, if I see what I saw again, I'll erase, I'll have a lobotomy. I'll erase the Dallas game from my memory. But if I see what I saw last year continuing into the Buffalo game, which, I mean, the guy, there was plenty of plays to be made and he did not make a lot of them, um, then, then we need to get somebody new in here and save this season. I'm from the belief, and I don't know if you agree with me, that Salah and Hackett's jobs are safe regardless of what happens this year because Rodgers came on board with them in yeah. place to be his coach. Do you I agree with that? Uh, yeah, I, I think those are all good points, and I agree. Okay, so with that, I think that they kind of know they're foolproof, but I worry about the character of some of these young guys that really believed that they were going to win and some of the veterans that came on board with the promise that they were at least going to be able to contend and win. I worry about that locker room staying afloat if you continue to get very mediocre to just bad quarterback play. I agree with you, and I, I just think that, again, that, that sends a message to the locker room that we're punting on this season, and that just creates bad habits. You just can't do that in football like you can the NBA or even the MLB. For whatever reason, you just can't do that. I think things carry over to the offseason and through the next season. And I'm not asking for you, even if you don't want to deal that first-round draft pick or you don't want to go out and get a Kyler because he's another headache and he's going to cost you picks and whatever, you can get somebody in here that's serviceable. Don't sit here and tell me you can't get a Gardner Minshew or a Brian Hoyer or, I don't know, name another guy. Like, 
any of these guys. Like, Did you I, sign Carson Wentz? No, 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 no. That's the one guy I probably wouldn't sign outside of, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this Kaepernick stuff is just ridiculous. I mean, No, it's on. stupid. We, we said our piece on this yeah. about five, six years ago, and if he was any other quarterback, like, listen, two things can be true. He was unnecessarily blackballed, and there was collusion around the NFL not to sign him. And he also hasn't but played in seven years. He hasn't played in seven years. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. It's it's definitely not blackballing now. It's just you haven't played in seven years. I mean, even the, the guy that used to be on the 49ers, Mullins or whatever, like, that yeah, went to the same, the same college as Brett Favre. Like, what's he doing? Hit him up. Hit up Johnny Manziel for all I care. <laughs> no, don't do that. But but don't you know do that. But you know what I'm saying? Like you can get a quarterback that could do what Case Keenum did for the Minnesota Vikings a few years ago when Teddy Bridgewater went down. Or maybe not an MVP type season, but a season where he could actually run the offense really well and lead a team to the playoffs. I agree with you 100%. Um I think that the entire locker room and all the skill position players and the defense they just want stability. They want somebody that gives them a chance to win if everybody else does their job. And unfortunately, Zach Wilson is just not that guy. You mean? I I listen. Everybody's being a nice. Gunslinger to be a gun to be a play uh, game manager. Yep. And 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 he's a terrible gunslinger too. It's not like he's Brett Favre. Like he's got a cannon for an arm, but he's just bad at it. Just bad at throwing things at people that need to catch it. Um, but I mean, it's just. It's ridiculous. The and the coddling and everything, but you mean to tell me if I'm a fly on the wall of that locker room that all these players really believe what they're saying in the press? Of course not. No, they're just classy and, and that's what you're supposed to do, but I mean, come on, you can feel the pulse sala. Like, is he really that delusional? No. I, I don't think any of these guys are. And to your point from last year, Sala literally told him or told the media, I think Zach needs to just hang out and read a book. I don't know if he was referencing the playbook, uh, but he lost his job to Mike White and Chris Strebler, who is now out of the league. Like that, like you said, that was not even a year ago. I don't know what more has changed. And I will say, I was on this pod last week saying, can he be Mark Sanchez from the 2009-2010? And I need to check myself. No, he's not a game manager, like you said. different than it was back then. Yep. No, and and I mean shit, Sean. If you could go back in time and pull Mark Sanchez from two thousand from the mid two thousands and put him on this Jets team, I'd take him right now. Well, Mark Sanchez at his best was a passable quarterback. Yep. Zach Wilson, we haven't even if we has if we have seen his best, he is not an NFL quarterback. No, no, not at all. He needs to step up like three rungs. All right, I'm done with that. Enough. And we brought up the name that we weren't supposed to a couple times there. I don't know if I made the mistake too. But no, that was me. I'm sorry. I'll take I'll take responsibility. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm no, not that's real. okay. If I if I gave enough of a damn, I would go back in the audio and cut it out. But I don't. Um, <laughs> all right. The Eagles beat the Vikings on a uh, just a classic Thursday night game. If if you move this game to Sunday, um, adjusted for inflation, the Eagles probably win this game. I don't know. 17 to 34 then? Yeah, it's probably not as close. Um, what do you think, Tom? The Eagles have not looked great in their two wins, but they're getting the job done anyway. Not worried about it. Truly not worried about it at all. Wonky Thursday night game, and then they do that BS in New England where it was Tom Brady night and, and whatever. They're settling in. The Eagles are going to be fine. They're winning the Super Bowl this year. 
Sorry to I say. Fucking hope. I fucking hope not. I texted you this uh, during the game. I said the Vikings fucking blow. And they do. They turned the ball over three times in the first half. They had the punt return fumble that led to an eagle score when their offense was sputtering. They had the Alexander Madison fumble that led to on the first play from scrimmage of their next drive. So basically, they did not have an offensive possession that went longer than one play um, for like basically the entirety of the of the sec- first quarter. Um, and, you know, they just shoot themselves in the foot. And it really is uh, an opportunity to give Kirk Cousins his flowers because in the first two weeks of the season, he's been absolutely amazing. I was just about to say the same thing. It's funny you say that. I, I put zero blame on Kirk Cousins. I saw multiple fumbles. Um, I saw a lot of sloppy route running. And I saw th- maybe two or three ter- terrible drops by Osborne that were like mm-hmm. – a catch, and then he probably gets 20 yards on top of that. Um, so, no, I don't put this on Kirk Cousins. Just tough game. Although I do feel for Justin Jefferson, and I think he's going to turn into Stephon Diggs soon and get really pissed off, which in the grand scheme of things, it's like, all right, why don't you play a couple snaps with Zach Wilson, and then and then you'll be kissing <laughs> Kirk Cousins' feet. Well, hey, Justin Jefferson, and he took accountability for it, which he had to, but he had that terrible fumble down the, uh, the goal line that led – to a touchback that should have been either a touchdown or down at the one. Yeah, so, that you know like what said, though? They shot themselves in the foot. It was boneheaded because he should have just gone down. But you know what? He was trying to make a play in a, in a close game, and I do respect it. And I don't know. I think maybe I saw a hair of that ball across the pylon. Just saying. Yeah, maybe if that game's in Minnesota, the call goes in a different direction. But, uh, um, hey, in either event, they just made too many mistakes to win this game. Um you know, and what you're seeing is very evident from Kirk Cousins. Uh, TJ Hawkinson is his favorite target, and it's going to continue to stay that way because he's such a dynamic tight end. It's going to take some of those throws away from Justin Jefferson and the newly drafted uh, Jordan Addison. Yep, and and Hawkinson's going to be a red zone guy, which which I love for my fantasy team. Um, moving on to the next game. By and the way, the... just to point out real fast, um, the, the the Vikings did trade for Cam Akers today to add to the backfield. So. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Can they add to their defense? Because they fucking suck. <laughs> they do. Um, all right, moving on to the next game. The Ravens beat the Bengals 27-24, to and Joe Burrow hurt his calf, I believe, which is not what I want to hear from he who cannot be named. No, he re-aggravated the calf injury that he suffered early in training camp. Uh, yeah, you you are very given what very happened nervous. to the former Jets. Well, hopefully future, but former Jets quarterback for the season. I got a feeling the Bengals are going to take it easy on this guy's calf. You have to, and this is why when people say, "Oh, they started off zero and two last year and still went to the AFC Championship game," it's a different situation this year, man. The schedule is different, and if you're franchise quarterback who you just paid. Uh, all-time money to is suffering from a calf injury. That's going to impact his level of play, which is going to impact the offensive play. This is a game that you really had to watch or have on red zone to appreciate that it was not as close as this final score says. Baltimore, by the way, I just want to say I love this Todd Munkin offense. Uh, it seems like it's just perfect, perfect for Lamar. It does, and they're winning games on their offense this year, not on their defense, which is a change. Big time change. Um, Seahawks beat the Lions 37-31. It feels like every time these two teams play each other at Ford Field, fireworks go off offensively. But this was a big time win for Seattle, man. Um, 
on the road, tough environment. Detroit's a good team. Uh, and they needed this one after a terrible performance at home in week one against the Rams. Absolutely. Uh, Geno Smith turned it around. The defense is still not looking great. I'm kind of concerned about that because they were supposed to have um, a pretty good pass rush and a very good secondary, but I haven't seen it yet. But at the end of the day, a win is a win, and the Lions, uh, everybody was hyping them up for nothing. So you're out on the Lions now. I wouldn't necessarily say I'm out. They're going to be in the playoff hunt, but I was never in on them as a Super Bowl team like some of these loonies. Well, yeah, that's a different conversation. Um, by the way, don't you find it funny that Jared Goff had this streak of non non uh, non interceptions out of pass attempts, and of course, the one interception he threw was a pick six. That is classic Jared Goff, but I mean, come on, like the guy's a checkdown Chuck. Of course, he doesn't have any. He's a rhythm passer. If you get a little pressure in his face, you'll get a pick every time. David Montgomery suffers an injury in this game. He's going to be out for a long time. Yeah, he he was carted off, but apparently he's not out for the season. Um, it's Jamar Gibbs time. Let's see it. Yeah, give freaking Gibbs the ball and let's see. Why he's still he he's he's still going to be in a running back by committee. They're not going to let him be a bell cow back. I guarantee it. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, they they like mark to my the words. Too. I'm telling you, they already they already they're talking about it, rumblings about it. I've been reading about it. The next guy's already up. Um, all right. Moving on, Colts beat the Texans 31-20, to two poo-poo teams. Um, I do like what I'm seeing out of Richardson, though. Well, you're not going to be seeing it for at least the next week because he suffered a concussion in this game. And I know. Your boy Minshew, your boy Minshew uh, put up some points. He did, and um, that is very unfortunate for the Jets' chances of trading for him. Yeah, he's going to think... run here. The combination of him playing well combined with Richardson getting hurt and kind of, you know, just showing the Colts like, oh, maybe we should have keep hold on to a good backup and shouldn't worry about that seventh round draft pick from the Jets. I'm I'm sad because all roads were going to lead to Minshew, who was the guy that I wanted originally. Yeah, I still could say you might revisit it come uh, come trade deadline time if if you're some if you're still in it. Um, Honestly, man, I, we're gonna preview yeah. the Jets game just obviously because we make we pick the Jets every week. I think the Jets. I'll just give away my pick now. I think that I think Wilson's gonna get fucking embarrassed, and I think I think this whole trade talk at the deadline thing, like you mentioned, and and whatever, I think it's gonna get ramped up real quick after this week. Okay. Um, it's entirely possible, dude. It really is. And I, if I was sitting in your shoes right now, I would a hundred percent be on board with you. I, I just, I don't see the Patriots being anything special. They're zero and two, and like, like I said, I'll talk about them when we get to this game. But I don't feel great about where they're at right now. Not that no, I neither do I. But, Jets, but come on, it just feels like one of those things where, you know, the Patriots come in and they beat the Jets by two touchdowns. Well, I just it feel it in my bones. Games in a row, dude. Why would you feel any differently? Yeah, and, and just given the circumstances, like if if he who could not be named was in, I'd be like, ah, oh, the Jets are going to win this by twenty. But now it's just a whole different dynamic. I know every other player is pretty much the same. We haven't suffered too many other injuries, but I'm telling you, man, I, I think the Patriots are going to blow them out, and the sky is going to be falling, and Zach Wilson's no longer going to be the QB. Well, let's go back to this Colts-Texans game because I do have another name for you. And I and I will segue into this by saying 
I was impressed with C.J. Stroud. There's not a lot of talent for him to work with offensively, and that offensive line is not any good. Tunsil missed this game, but I like Stroud. He found I, a go-to and guy. I think that he's good. He found his go-to guy, and, and he kept feeding him and Nico Collins, and you know that's promising because at least he figured that out. I think he can be good. I really like D'Amico Ryan's for this team. I know he's a defensive guy, but he I think he's the perfect kind of coach for a young quarterback in Stroud um, who seems to have all the intangibles. I will say this rookie class of quarterbacks, they're not going to suck because of intangibles. They're going to suck because the team around him and coaching might not be great. But what would you think about a Davis Mills, who we've seen win some games in, on this level? You know, I don't like how long his neck is, but you're right. He has won a few games. Yeah, and again, we're grasping at straws with all these names, but you know, could he be a guy that could execute the game plan with the roster that you? I'm have? not, I'm not um, kidding you. Outside of Carson Wentz and Colin Kaepernick, I swear to God, dude, you could name a, any quarterback that's played within the last five years, and I'd probably say yes right now. That's how down I am on Wilson. I know. I know, man. I, I hear you. Um, you know, there's another player uh, who, from that 2021 draft, who a lot of people are down on, myself included, as the Bucks beat the Bears 27-17. And I'm not going to say that the Bucks beat the Bears. The Bears beat the Bears. I have a quick little rant here, and then I want to get your thoughts on this game. First of all, quick caveat, Baker has looked good. Justin Fields fucking sucks. I'm out on Justin Fields, and I never understood why people were in. And I blame myself because in the quarterback tiers pod, I said I'm buying Justin Fields stock. And like you said, I'm going to harken back to what you said earlier on the spot. Why do we think Zach Wilson was going to change this much? Why did I think Justin Fields, who couldn't complete a pass last year and only had a lot of hype around it because of how he ran the football because he can't identify anything going on after his first read is taken away from him. Why do I think he's going to put up great numbers in two weeks? He's been absolute dog shit. And I see a guy who, yes, if you look at the sack numbers, I think he was sacked six times, but he walked himself into two or three of those sacks because he missed wide open wide receivers running across the field he is not good at all and he comes out today and says maybe it's coaching why i play so robotic that makes me immediately out because to bring my boy daniel jones into this whole thing daniel jones has been given a shit deck of cards in his career from fucking pat Shermer to joe judge with the clapper jason garrett is an offensive coordinator and he's kept his mouth shut and just keeps going and will never throw anybody under the bus justin fields you have been bad you have been bad for a while maybe your coaching does suck but you don't help the cause and i'm as out on him as i am on zach wilson right now i think he truly truly stinks yeah, I, I really don't even know what else to say about that. I kind of just wanted to talk about how much I, I liked how Baker looked. Um, I didn't know you had. I didn't know. I didn't know you made it so personal with Fields. Like I didn't know he. What did he do? Did he like DM you or something? <laughs> no, it's just I have to be fair. No, it I, is. And on, yeah, honestly, dude, uh, from what I saw from that game and what I watched in the first game, I feel like he's re- actually regressed. I think he's actually gotten worse at, as a passer. And you can see it over time. Like, when your team doesn't trust you to throw the ball down the field, 
like he has he we talked about it last week after week one. Like he's checked out, right? Like it's first read, not there, check down or run. And maybe that is the offense, and maybe they don't trust him. But doesn't that tell you what you need to know then if they don't trust him? Yep. No, no, yeah. It's it's such a hard way to run an offense too, because then everybody knows that if somebody runs deep, it's just a decoy. So just completely ignore the guy running deep. And then you can bring the safeties close to the line and stop the run. It's just it's crippling to have a bad quarterback, Sean. What else do you want me to say? Or you're gonna make me cry on this podcast. No, and it's true. And by the way, I want you to talk about Baker because I've been very critical of him over the years that we've done this pod. What have you seen from him in the first two weeks that make you a little bit higher on him? Just making much better decisions than he ever has in his career. I I just think he's finally accepted who he is, and that's, you know, I wouldn't even call it a glorified game manager, just a game manager. He knows that he has a really good defense, and he still has some weapons there. I mean, Mike Evans has – he's been getting 1,000-yard seasons since I was in diapers, and and finally (laughs) – you know, so he, he, Baker just woke up and was like, I'm just going to throw the ball to Mike Evans every single time and let my defense do the work. And I just think he's doing an excellent job making game management decisions um, and, and just controlling the football. And I know the Bears' defense is a sieve, and I can't even remember who they played last week. Um, I don't know if you remember. Um, the Bucks. Yeah, who the Bucks played they last week. They beat Minnesota in week one. Two not great defenses, but at the end of the day, like Baker is still making the right play. And he's not trying to do too much, which I think he was extremely guilty of over his past couple of trips. Where the hell did he? Cleveland and then Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. And then, L.A. Uh, and then L.A. Well, L.A. only played, what, like one game, and he – but aside from that, it's just I feel like he was always holding on to the ball too long and then making terrible decisions, forcing the ball places he shouldn't. And I don't know if it was the offensive coordinator there or whatever, but he's really in a good rhythm with Mike Evans and the rest of the team there, and he's just managing the game very well. And the Bucks, I think, could be a sleeper playoff team. I agree with everything you said. I don't have much to contribute. I, I know it's only two weeks in. But I want to give props to Baker Mayfield. I've, like I said, I've been very. Got to be fair, baby. Got to be fair. I, exactly, and, and I want to be fair to him because he he was always somebody who I didn't like his attitude. I thought he was a front runner. I thought he thought he was better than he actually was. And I think some of those games, because he gutted through injuries that he shouldn't have, cost him. To, it cost his team chances to win. But I think he's also in a nice spot in Tampa Bay where. It's a defensive head coach, so it's very hands-off. He does have weapons. He does have a great defense. And with Brady gone, it's like they're not bad enough to tank. So you can kind of just go in there and and play your brand of football, maybe a little bit watered-down version, but a smarter version, like you said. Yeah, I I like what I'm seeing out of Baker. And, And we both can agree. I think they do have a chance to snatch up one of those wild cards. Yeah, so far, right? Two, two and zero. Oh, you gotta, you gotta feel good about what they've done. Um, Chiefs beat the Jags seventeen nine. Not much offense in this game, but I was disappointed with Jacksonville. Man, I mean, wh- the play calling was very questionable. Um, to only put up nine points against a Kansas City defense that I know had uh, Chris Jones back, but is not dominant. Um, just left a lot to be desired. I thought this game would be better. 
I, I, au contraire, my friend, I, I think that this Chiefs defense is one of the best in the league from what I've seen. I think their defensive backs who they've drafted high in the last couple of drafts are really starting to blossom. I like their linebackers, and I think Chris Jones was just a huge addition. He's one of the best defensive players in football. Um, and, and I think that this Jaguars team is a lot better than they showed today. They just ran into a buzzsaw of a Chiefs defense, honestly. Yeah, I, and I should clarify what I meant. I do believe that the Kansas City defense is good, but I don't think it's so good that it should hold, let's be honest, a pretty good Jacksonville offense to nine points. I, I think we're going to be talking about the Chiefs defense come midpoint of the season. Like, damn, if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl this year, it might be more on their defense than ever. Honestly, I think that's how good they are. Okay, yeah, it's something we'll have to bookmark because I, I definitely thought Jacksonville – you know they they should be no they sucked play calling wise too you 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 hit the nail on the head with that Peterson was was making my head making me scratch my head a couple of times with some of the plays that they called but I do think that the Chiefs defense definitely contributed to that um, all right Falcons beat the Packers twenty five to twenty four um I mean what do you have to say about this? Aaron Jones didn't play so I don't know how much to hold against the Packers. Um and I don't even I don't even know what to say. Do we like the Falcons? I'm trying to figure out how I feel about Ritter. Well for the first three and a half quarters, um you you couldn't feel good about him at all. Uh Bijan was was doing some Houdini type shit um in this game. Dude, I don't know. Every time every time we get one of these top couple running backs like Saquon and a few others. It's like this guy's one of the best I've ever seen. The combination of power, elusiveness, and speed he has—it's—I uh, feel like I haven't seen it before. No, he's a, he's absolutely a, a singular talent that's as up there as we have seen come into the league. That's what they're doing with him is what I want to see um, Detroit do with Gibbs. Now, I'm not saying that Gibbs is on the level of Bijan. But I want to see that style where you just get him in open space and let yeah. him kind of play Madden. Completely agree. I mean, yes, Bijan is a true, true blue. For, you know, top top ten pick. Run between. He's a three down back. He can do everything. Gibbs is more of an open field kind of guy. But I, like you said, I want to see Gibbs more in the open field. He definitely can do that. This game came down to uh, Jordan Love not being. Aaron Rodgers, I'm sorry, the man that cannot be named. Come uh, on, dude. Brett, Brett Favre. Well, again, and I'm mentioning them in Packers terms, so I, I want. I think we should put that caveat out there right now. Fine, if, fine. Just because I the, feel like you're going to do it all season, I'm going to have to allow. Because I'm comparing him to former Packers. Fine, we'll talk. Not, you can talk about Aaron Rodgers in the past tense as a Packer. As the Jets, he doesn't have a name. He has no name. Okay, um, now that we have that taken taken care of, because this would be going on all year. Um, he had a chance to lead the team down the field, and, and let's be honest, Atlanta snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. They should have lost this game. They were losing the game the whole way, but Jordan Love couldn't drive the ball down the field in the fourth quarter in that final drive. Um, I have to say, though, I and am... That, and, that, and that hurt their chances. They should have won this game, even with the absence of Aaron Jones. They should have won. I agree, and I, I, I think he's going to learn from it. I just got a good feeling about him. Yeah, I do too. Um, and the team's good enough, the defense is good enough, but they shouldn't have lost this game. And let's be honest, this is a game that forever 
Atlanta would find a way to lose. So the fact that they found a way to win with Ritter not being good, I still don't think he's very good. But there are some positives to take away if you're if you're a Falcon fan. No doubt. All right, on to the next game. The Bills beat the Raiders 38-10. I think we both saw this coming from a mile away. Should have taken this game, honestly. Yeah, I feel like an idiot for not taking this game. I have very little to say. Um, Buffalo felt terrible uh, for what they did to the Jets. They went home to Bills Mafia, and they absolutely beat the living shit out of a Vegas team that swept walk through this game. Yep, not surprised there. A couple of uh, poo-poo plays from Jimmy G as – is he hurt? They have no offense, dude. They yeah. don't. They can't score. No, not at all. Got to feel for Devontae Adams. Um, all right, moving on to the next game. I want to skip this game. You know I root for the Chargers for my boy. And, oh, my and I just God. He finally admitted in a very, like, drunken, barely looking at me. He was like, dude, Staley's not the guy. We got to fucking fire him, man. I was like, it's about time, dude. I mean, just, you know, you can find epiphanies in these kind of drunken states. Absolutely, drunken words are sober thoughts. That's those are words to live yes, by. Yes, sir. Um, it was just embarrassing. Like you're gonna lose twenty-seven to twenty-four to the Titans. You made Tannehill look good. Your defense is garbage. You you guys are literally putting a fucking chastity belt on fucking Justin Herbert. <laughs> um, put it on his arm, like. Why are we turning this guy into a check down, Charlie? He's got so much fucking gas. Oh, my God. It's just so fucking bad. They don't even use Austin Eckler, right? Like, 49ers Rams. So the 49ers beat the Rams 30-23. to 23. Do you have anything else on the Titans? I have two things to say. One has nothing to do with the game. It has to do with the playing surface. Uh, I don't know if you caught much of this game, but on Red Zone, they kept panning to it. And I for a while couldn't understand why they were playing a 10 a.m. local game in L.A. because the turf looked exactly like it does at SoFi. So Nissan Stadium changed their grass field to a turf, and it literally looked exactly like they were playing in L.A. So I was fucked, and they were wearing different uniforms. The Chargers were wearing their home, and the uh, Titans were wearing their away. So I was all discombobulated. I I didn't know what time it was. I had to do (laughs) a lot of checking myself to understand that they were actually playing in Nashville. And the last thing I'll say is, obviously, I, I agree 100% with everything you said. Um, I will not put any of these losses on Herbert because it is not his fault. But if we're going to anoint him and talk about him like he's, you know, a top two or three quarterback, from a talent perspective, he's right up there. But he also has to start being on the winning end of some of these games. Coaching is to blame for a lot of it. The defense has been a sieve with all the talented names they have on there. But I would like to see Justin Herbert finally be on the winning end of some of these really close games because it shouldn't be a win-loss stat for a quarterback uh, because it's not his fault. But let's be honest, uh, if this was a lot of other quarterbacks, we would be saying, why are you winning these games? Agree with everything you say, man. He is not a top three, top five quarterback right now until he proves it. And another thing I have to say to that, no more commercials for quarterbacks that don't have a Super Bowl ring. I'm tired of it. Because oh, then you got to fire I'm here for this. I mean, I see Herbert in the Subway commercial. We don't need him yet. Uh, you know, Baker got the quick boot from whoever he was doing his commercials with. I can't even remember if it was Allstate or One some of the insurance. insurance companies. Yeah, like, yeah. can we I, – I understand you want to get in early and you want to be the first. But, like, I think it should be a rule. Maybe even put it in the union. 
that quarterbacks are not allowed to do commercials until they win a Super Bowl. Hey, I'm I'm all for this. National I, commercials. Seen... They could do local bullshit because the fans are going to love them no matter what. But national, no. I'm all for it. Uh, I've seen too many mediocre players get treated and acted like they're the, the fucking greatest. No, they're not. You think Zach Wilson will get a commercial? <laughs> uh, what reality show is he going to? <laughs> yeah, maybe he'll do... Um... I don't know, some celebrity type of bachelor thing. He just can't. I don't know if he's cute. I haven't decided. I mean, he's a good looking, objectively a good looking guy. He's he's good looking. He is good looking. Something with his eyes Listen, bother the cougar, me. The, he can he can do well with the Cougars. I, I'm not surprised that that's been his uh, that's been his forte. Yeah, no, I think he could do well anywhere um, if he can start throwing fucking touchdowns. He could he could have anybody except Michaela or Sawyer Chai. But outside of that, my well, mom is single. Just saying. Oh, uh, no, no, I know. You brought this up before. We can't. <laughs> well, I, I don't feel comfortable being a part of this. Oh, I, I don't stop want it. Reason. The guy's got a huge signing bonus. He could shower me in gifts. And I'll tell him he's my quarterback if he gives me gifts. All I need is the the thought of you saying, "Hey, by the way, I've called you my sweet prince since you got drafted." That's that's a that's a tough one. Yeah, especially because I'm probably like damn near ten years older than him. It might be better than baby boy, but but not by. I don't think so. I don't know. Hmm, maybe we'll put a t- Twitter poll up. Probably not though. All right. 49ers beat the Rams 30-23. to I'll tell you what, this Rams team is frisky. It felt like uh, this, this, the Niners should have won by a hell of a lot more. Um, they lost Ayuk. We'll see. We'll have to monitor that. But that team's got so much firepower. Yeah, they do. Um, I agree with you. The Rams are frisky. They won in Seattle. Um, now, that wide receiver, whatever the say, fuck his name is. Actually, both of uh, them. Uh, n- n- can you tell me it? Do you know it? Nuka or something like that? Nakua. We Nakua. did this last week. Nakua yeah. and Tutu Atwell. I mean, these guys come out of nowhere. Well, Stafford looks really good, and he looks healthy. And as long as he is that, he's capable of making, you know, some average players really good. Um, and Cooper, Cooper Cup should be back in a couple weeks um, after his hamstring injury. But, Tom, I, I think I, you're, the, you're the gambler and the better of the two of us. I mean, this was a this was an eight point spread. Can you walk me through what McVay is thinking when it's thirty to twenty and you're kicking a field goal with as time expires? It's not like you can even set up an onside kick. Uh, Do I, I need to tell you what McVay was thinking? He's I trying think to get the cover. Chicanery. Yeah, I I think there was some chicanery and there should be should there should be some investigation because. There's no way the coaches and players are not aware of the spreads. It's all over the fucking place. And if a player did this, then there would be an investigation. Um, I'm not saying it happened. I'm not saying I'm suspicious. But I'm a little, yes, you are. I'm a little suspicious. Uh, how could you not be? Uh, they were completely irrelevant points, and you're risking injury by running a real play out there. Um yeah, should there be an investigation? Probably. If you're talking about integrity of the game, will there? No. FanDuel, DraftKings, every other sports book are major partners in the NFL now, which is another reason why this whole gambling thing is going to be sticky. That's my point. Is like They are so prevalent, but players have been getting busted and they've been getting suspended for seasons. Um, I'm just saying that this didn't make any sense 
objectively however you want to spin it. I a thousand percent agree. I like to think that if Sean McVay is doing something like that, he wouldn't personally be putting these bets in and leaving a paper trail. Um, but no, you never know. Uh, you never know. But I, I would like to think that he definitely has somebody else placing the bets. But there is less than 1% doubt in my mind that McVay had, had himself cover in that spread. If he threw, if he had them throw a Hail Mary to score a touchdown, I wouldn't have thought anything about it. I'll tell you what, you know what could be interesting here? He had, maybe he didn't actually bet on the game with money through a book. Him and Kyle Shanahan are friends. Maybe he texted him and said, hey, 100 grand says I I beat the spread this week. Oh, so you think this is a little... They're buddy-buddy. They're buddy-buddy, you know? They are. A multifaceted... Could have been one of those. Could you imagine if that was true? I would be... I would would just have to do a pod every day and just say, I'm right, and then end it. Until somebody (laughs) gave me... Until somebody gave me something. I don't know what. Maybe a trophy, some money. I don't know. But I, I... That would be a genius call by me. It would be. Um, yeah, very fishy. But back to reality, 49ers are still really explosive. Their defense wasn't great. Uh, Nick Bosa still doesn't have a sack, which does not bode well for my team um, tomorrow night. Um, he's having three and, tomorrow. Oh, he's going to. Yeah, this is his. This will be his officially welcome back reintroduction to the regular season. Um, Commanders beat the Broncos in a wild game. My favorite game of the year. Uh, the Broncos were winning 21-3. to They relinquished the lead. The Commanders are winning 35-26. to Russ just hucks up a Hail Mary. Which it's not short. even deep enough to get to the end zone. It gets batted around like a beach volleyball and <laughs> caught somehow. And then in typical Bronco fashion, they go for two. Was there pass interference on that play? Hell yeah, there was pass interference on that play. But when it rains, it pours, and Denver's 0-2, and they, you already are hearing now, Sean Payton saying, we, we took timeouts we shouldn't have taken. It was too long to get into the huddle and get some play calls out. So he's already continuing to lay the tea leaves for this is Russ's fault, not mine, and I never wanted him. No doubt about it. He hasn't driven the bus over Russ yet, but he's filled it up with gas, and he just got a new battery in the bus. He just checked the tire pressure, started it a couple times, drove it in the driveway, just a little forward reverse. He's getting it ready to drive the bus right over him within the next couple weeks. <laughs> no, for real. Like, um, he, he, he's the all, no, he's going to be a scapegoat, you. you know? And and it, I don't know when it ends, but it's going to be before the season's over. You don't play, I believe it was Jared Stidham. You do not pay mm-hmm. him $5.5 million a year or something around that number um, just to sit there and watch Russ just just poop all day, just poop on the field. Which is what he has. And then, again, this is another score that if you did not watch the game, I mean, the defense blew a 21-3 to lead, and the defense is supposed to be his team's calling card. But at the end of the day, you see Russ. Uh, his arm is not as strong. He is not as quick. And the team is just looks disjointed when he's in there. Um, let me ask you on the other side. The commanders are 2-0. and How do you feel about that? I know they've beaten Arizona and Denver. They're not great teams, but 
what do you think of the way Sam Howell's looked so far? Serviceable. Again, another guy I would take on the Jets over Zach Wilson. Um, but, you know, it's it's one of those things where I feel like we're going to look up in December and, you know, right towards the end of the season, the commanders will be six and whatever the record is. And it's like, hey, remember when they started 2-0 and and we got all excited? That's I'm not going to be the one getting excited. Okay, fair enough. Um, how do you feel? I- I'm a little worried because oh, no. this is kind of how the Giants went last year. Uh-oh. Like, oh, they're two and zero, but they haven't. They beat Tennessee and they beat Carolina. You know, they're not great. Then you look up and it's like, oh shit, they have seven wins in ten weeks. It's like, oh, okay. I'm not saying that'll happen, but I certainly didn't feel great. You you wouldn't have felt great about the Giants at this point last year. Crazy things can happen. Uh, both those games they could have lost, but they ended up winning. And like I said, you usually teams. Lose more than lose games more than they win games, um, and the two opponents they played ended up losing the games more so than they won. Yep. All right. Well, I'm gonna read you their schedule, and we can figure this out right now, real quick. Bills next week at home. Loss. Bills. Eagles in Philly. Loss. loss. Chicago at home. Win. Win. Okay. So they have three. Falcons on the road. They can win that game. They could. They play the Giants the week after that in New York, so we'll give them a win against the Falcons. That's that's four wins. I'm just for your sake. I'm going to give them a loss to the Giants. Yeah, but that's a, that's a winnable game. No, it is, but I'm going to give them a loss to the Giants. Command. They got the Eagles in October again. Loss. I don't care where that game's played. You can play it on fucking Mars. New England. Remember they did beat them last year, though. Yeah, they did. Now listen, division games are something. I mean, I'm just looking at the schedule right here. I that, hear you. No, I'm. I'm that Jets game should have been a loss, but now we don't know. But they also have the Niners. They have the Dolphins. I mean, they have the Cowboys. Granted, those games are at home, but the Rams don't look as easy as a win. I'm not worried at all, man. I wouldn't even sweat it. And Sam Howell is not Daniel Jones, no matter what. And that offense, they don't have – I like Robinson. They don't have a Saquon. Um, the only thing they really had that the Giants had was Chase Young. And, and the Giants obviously had uh, what's his face, Kayvon Thibodeau. Yeah, but no, this ain't oh, yeah. the same team as the Giants. And and also Rivera, I know he's been to a Super Bowl. He's not Dable. I'm sorry. Yeah, and that's where you have to say is when we went into the season and did our predictions, they don't have the coaching. Uh, Sam Howell's unproven. But again, two and zero is two and zero. And do do they have some ingredients where they could be frisky? And and I'd say so. I hope I'm wrong. Um, I don't like them. I hope they lose. I didn't think they would be uh, anything to really consider. But you never know. Football's really weird, man. Um, it really is. Uh, Dolphins beat the Pats 24-17 on Sunday Night Football. Uh, this game was not nearly as close as the score mm-hmm. says. Uh, the Dolphins looked really, really good. They they made a couple mistakes, which allowed New England to get back in the game. I looked at this in one, one regard. The Patriots' offense blows. Yeah, I was watching this game at the sports book, and I just looked at my buddy and said, does Mac Jones throw the slowest ball that somehow gets there that you've ever seen? Mm-hmm. Like, if, I feel like it takes 20 minutes, and I'm just like, somebody's got to pick this ball off. There's Somebody's going to jump this. I mean, come on. And then somehow it just flutters into the receiver's hands. I mean, but a lot of the times it doesn't. Um, I, I didn't like what I saw out of the Patriots offense, whether it be running or passing. And the, I mean... 
the defense, it's the Dolphins, I know, but this Patriots team isn't very good. With that being said, they're going to cover the spread against the Jets this weekend. You know, Christian Gonzalez looks awesome. He had a great pick. Oh, he's money. He's money. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, their offense, Tom, their receivers can't get open. No, and I mean, that's, that's the other thing, too, is I'd like to blame it all on Mac, but their receivers don't create any separation. They're trying to win games with these wide receivers that nobody else wanted on these cheap deals. And they're doing the same with the running game with Elliott. It, they just, I don't know how they generate offense unless it comes from their defense. Yeah, Zeke sucks. You're going to have to have a lot of Ramondre, which worries me because I don't think he's a three down back. And, yeah, their wide receivers are just slow. They, none of their wide receivers create separation, and they're not even that big. So it's not like you have Mike Evans out there catching jump balls. I mean, really, honestly, your best offensive weapon outside of Stevenson right now is, is Hunter Henry. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And even though Miami didn't put up. Yeah, Gusecki's fine. Uh, uh, Henry's definitely the, the main target of the two. Um, Miami only put up 24 points, unlike their usual 35 to 45. But I thought their offense was just as good. And they run that little pick play in motion. Collinsworth was all over it. I, that's an unstoppable offensive play. And Tua is throwing the ball basically at the corners and safeties, knowing his receivers are running those routes. And they just beat the, the, the defender to the ball and to the spot. It, it's perfect. It's like watching poetry in motion, this offense. I mean, it's got to be a lot of fun when you when you can throw the ball to Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle, and then be able also to hand it off to Raheem Mostert, three of the fastest players in the league. Absolutely, and even some of the tight ends. Uh, what is that guy? Smythe got some action. Yep. And, uh, I mean, we knew they were going to have good no-name tight ends this year because they let Kaseki walk. Yep, for sure. And McDaniel, I mean, he is for regardless of how awkward he is, that guy knows how to coach some offense. My God. Yeah, but he's got that awkwardness that's also kind of cool at the same time. Like, oh, he's comfortable in his own skin. And that's why I like that. He is not a fraud, and I love that. I do too. All right, moving on to the two Monday night games. The Saints beat the Panthers 20-17 to this game. We both got a push on this one. This mm-hmm. was just a classic. This is why, although I would take him in a heartbeat right now, I didn't want Derek Carr for the Jets because it's just like, dude, you should have won this game by 14 points. And, and you just couldn't do anything. I mean, they got bailed out by Taysom Hill and Jones, who was running downhill like an animal. Outside of that, there were, and Olave, obviously, is incredible. I'd put him right below my boys, um, not Zach, um, Garrett Wilson. Garrett. But, I mean, Carr just leaves so much to be desired. And, and that's my issue with him. He's a very good quarterback, but he just leaves so much to be desired, especially in games like this. I think you're 100% right. Um, everything you just said was right on the money. The other thing they got bailed out by is the fact that the Panthers stink. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, I feel I feel for my boy Bryce because, obviously, you were the number one pick for a reason. It's not his fault. You, you, there's, there's not a lot of talent on the team. It's not his fault. The but offensive line sucks. Versus, the offensive line sucks. Um, there's not a lot of options. You know, he's making you know, Adam Thielen is really his number one option. And he, as you said on the pod, he's been done for like two, three years. Um, but, Tom, what scares me about Bryce is there are certain aspects of his game where you can see that he's not getting away with on the pro level. Now, that being said, New Orleans has an awesome defense, and that's why we both picked them to win the NFC South. But 
you know, he, he's not, he's fast and quick, but he's not NFL fast or quick. He's a little elusive, but he's not going to like completely juke you out. Yeah. And he's small and you see it on display against some of these other guys. And he just can't get away with the improvisational, you know, kind of old Russell Wilson run around wild with the ball and make something happen because he's not as fast as Russ was at his time. He's not as thick as Russ was at his time to shed tackles. So um, you already saw the fourth and shorts when they want to run that quarterback push play. They bring in Andy Dalton because Bryce is too small. So I'm, I that's still not have good. High hopes <laughs> that's for definitely Bryce. Not good. Yeah, I still have my high hopes for Bryce because I think just from a cerebral standpoint and his ability to process and his arm strength, he's so good. But you can see why there were concerns about him coming out. I agree with you. And that's why I think I don't ever think he'll be even a top three quarterback in the league. Maybe he could be top five, but there is some major concerns. And also he doesn't have that kind of frame where it's like, oh, two or three years he'll have weight on him. Like, I think he's going to be that size forever. I agree. Yeah, he's a tiny guy. Yeah. Again, he can spin that ball, but, you know, much like Jared Goff, I feel like for different reasons, I think Goff just panics. But for Bryce being short and not, like you said, not being incredibly mobile, I just think when the pocket breaks down, it just, it's bad news for him. Yeah. Because at Alabama, even against the great defenses in the SEC, you know, he was able to make a lot of shit out of nothing. You know, you think back to that Texas game last year, that should have been a loss if it wasn't for Bryce Magic. He's not going to be able to pull that shit off here in the pros. Yeah, and I think that's a lot of the reason why he went number one overall is because all the the GMs and the scouts and whatnot were like, well, he played in the SEC. So, But you know what? The NFL is a different level. It is. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, final game, second game of the Monday night. Steelers beat the Browns 26-22. The Sperm Bank pick of the week hit last week. Wow. Yeah, it did. Uh, and you needed it. Um, Badly. I don't know how you can have negative seven total yards in the fourth quarter and still win. Because mm, Deshaun uh, Watson sucks. He's bad. By the way, prayers up for, for uh, Nick Chubb. That, that season's over and the career might be too. Uh, yeah, he basically lost like his entire knee. So, and I don't even think that knee existed anymore. So I don't really know how that works. But it was the same knee he had uh, ligament damage and, and a couple and a surgery on back in Georgia. And um, in addition to that, too, now you're hearing about cartilage damage, and that's really that's kind of a death sentence. For, yeah, you can't for really offense. rebuild that. Um, no, unfortunately, he'll probably be walking with a limp for the rest of his life. Um, that's not good. Sucks. Um, Steelers, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. Fuck both these teams. Although I do love the Browns defense. Browns defense is legit. Kenny Pickett did do a couple things that were highly impressive, especially because Najee Harris just doesn't exist anymore. He's really bad. He uh, had a halfway decent rookie year. Halfway decent, I'll say. And then just a cliff fall. Yeah, it, it didn't even last usually the regular shelf life of a regular running back coming out. And it's sad to see another Bama guy. Um, but he has not been he has not been what they need him to be to take some pressure off of Kenny Pickett, who I think is good. I, I, I do, but he's not great. I think... And he can't just sit back there and, and be throwing the ball all over the place like Big Ben used to. 
No, and you know what? He did make some really good throws, and Pickens is, is going to be a stud. It's tough when you lose Deontay Johnson. I know the guy doesn't score the football, but at the same time, like he is a great possession wide receiver. Um, I mean, their defense is still pretty good. Watt gets a lot of pressure. They um, have, uh, what's his face, Dante Hightower now, I believe. Um, Highsmith. Highsmith. Is that him? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, he I looked know. amazing. He was yeah. flying around. Um, but again, this I don't I don't even know what to take away from this game because I, I I think the Browns are better than this, and I don't know if the Steelers are this good. Well, you take away that this was kind of what an AFC North game with two really good defenses and two mediocre offenses are. Um, the Browns did sign Kareem Hunt today, so he's back in that building. Um, but for overall, the Steelers, man. This was a game they had to win at home. Deshaun Watson is a major problem for for Cleveland, though. Like, a major problem. He's not able to get... Like I said on our tears pod with Will and our preview pod, the Browns, I think, have all the ingredients to be awesome. But I need to see vintage Deshaun Watson from 2020 when he had a terrible offensive line, when he had not great wide receivers and not great running games, and was balling out, throwing for 30 touchdowns and running for six or seven and not turning the ball over. Those things still exist just in a different place now in Cleveland, but he's not able to make up for them. And he doesn't look as done as Russ does, but he does not look like somebody you want to have all that guaranteed money going to. Nope, not at all. Completely agree. And it's like, Cleveland fans, you can make excuses for him that he didn't play for two years or whatever, but... At some point, we're going to have to see what we saw in Houston or else that's a major L. How long do you give him, in your opinion, to, to, try, to shake off the rust? And, I know? mean, look, he had half a last season. He had a full off season. He's Six been games, healthy. Right? Six games last year? Yeah, we'll call it half. Is that fair? <laughs> yeah, Just by so the... Well, we're gonna, what do we do? Uh, your, uh, laws of inflation. Laws of yes. inflation. We'll call that half. And the rounding rule as well is going to call that half. Both those rules coincide. The earth just exploded because <laughs> both of my rules just just combined. Um, but you know what? I'm going to give him till halfway through the season. Game, I don't know, eight, I guess you would say it's halfway. Eight or nine. That's what I'm giving him. Yeah, we don't have an official halfway anymore. Um, Although yeah, that's, that's what I'm giving him. Cleveland's going to give him until the end of time. Well, they don't have a choice, right? Yeah. But for you, just evaluating quarterbacks on a weekly basis and looking at them play. I'd have to see one game where he looked like – where I'd be like, is he in a Houston uniform or a Cleveland uniform because he looks like three years ago. That's what I need, and I haven't seen it once. No, no, we haven't, and that's – obviously that's really, really bad. For Him and Russ, Cleveland. they just look like – and listen, Watson – not to say he has more of an excuse, but the guy didn't play in years. Russ looks like he, um, like he's in Space Jam and somebody stole his powers. <laughs> uh, truly. I love that. I love that. You're so right. Um, but we've been talking about this with Russ for a while. I mean, 2020, the first half of that year, nobody was in the stands. Everybody was watching. We were so happy to have football. And he was balling out. And he was awesome. And... It was fine. It was when every Russ truther was like, this is going to be the year of the MVP for Russ. Speak it into existence. And then he fell off a cliff, and Seattle was bad in the second half of that year. 
And then 2021, he got injured with his thumb, and he tried to come back and play hero ball way before he should have because Gino was actually playing well. And since then, he's never been the same. And there's a reason Seattle traded him. Like, you don't trade franchise quarterbacks if you're a relevant and a good team and well-structured team. No doubt. They knew something, and uh, we're all seeing it now. All right, you ready to make some picks? I am. All right, let me uh, let me do a quick recap. You and I both went two and one this week with a push in there. You and I both had the Giants that did not cover. You and I both had the Cowboys that did cover. You had the Bucks. Good job by you on that pick. Oh, um, we both had the Saints. They pushed. I had the Steelers. Good job by me. Good um, job by you. Thank you. And that puts us both at two and one. You are four and three on the season, and I just gave myself a really big hole to climb out of at zero and four last week. Really bad week of football all around for me. Uh, I'm at two and five now. Hey, you got back on the horse. You needed you needed two wins at least this week, and you got them. No doubt. All right, we are tied. That gives you still the honors. Lead us off. You can go wherever you want, Jets or Giants. I'll start with my Giants since they play Thursday night and when some people might be listening to this podcast or getting ready to uh, settle into some Giants Niners. The 49ers are a 10.5 point home favorite. We talked about Barkley being ruled out, Andrew Thomas ruled out, Azeev Ozilari ruled out. And Tom, I think this is going to be a route. Um, I think the 49ers are going to win easily and I could see myself going to bed at halftime knowing that I have to be up at 5.15 the next morning and the Giants doing me a favor like they did on the Sunday night against Dallas. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's compelling and at least it's interesting, but I don't see it. Um, The 49ers are a juggernaut and the Giants staying out there on the West Coast after a really tough win in Arizona, which it shouldn't have been. Short week, injuries. uh, What more of a recipe do you need? I know 10.5 is a big number, but I could see this being something like 28 to 13 or something. I don't have to say much else. I was leaning Giants, and then you mentioned all the injuries, and I switched up my pick to the 49ers. I'm right there with you. Okay. Um, New England at the Jets, you said you're already taking the Pats. Yes. Uh, the Jets are a two-and-a-half-point home dog. Um, I don't know why I'm doing it. I think that just sometimes things have to change for no other reason. Are you really going to lose 15 consecutive games to the Patriots? Like, I think of the two games last year. If that pick six from Sauce wasn't called back at the end of the first half, you guys, I believe, are up 17 at the half, 16 at the half, something like that. And then the sky fell down. And then the game in New England, you lost, I think, 9-6 to because of Zach's ineptitude, and that was the game that got him uh, or cost him his job. I think you can win this game. I am so underwhelmed by the Patriots offense. I think the Jets defense has um, a little bit of redemption in them after how they were against Dallas and putting giving up 30 points. Come on, man. I understand the Patriots are the Patriots, and Belichick probably wants to ruin Zach Wilson's life for good. But can you win this game? His life, wow. 14 to 7? Like, can you win this game 14 to 10? Like... (laughs) That's what I'm asking for because I think this Patriots offense is abysmal. And what I've seen from them um, in the two games against Philly and Miami, the scores were close, but the games really weren't. There you go. I'm taking the Jets. Jets plus two and a half at home. Not the worst pick in the world, especially because the Patriots aren't that great either. 
Uh, I already said who I'm taking. I'm taking New England. Um, again, yep. this goes with my good luck thing, even though it didn't work out for the Cowboys. Also, just because I think the Patriots are going to cover, and I think I think um, Belichick's going to ruin Zach Wilson's life again, as you would say. I guess he's going to make it personal and not only uh, take his starting job, but he's going to ruin his entire life. Well, he makes it personal every time he plays the Jets. True. But I just don't think he can continue to get away with it with lackluster teams, which they are. Yes, I agree with you. All right. Uh, but I'm still taking the pass. What's your uh, What's your first out of market game here? Indy at Baltimore. Baltimore is an eight and a half point favorite. Uh, Minshew Magic. Um, it's not going to really be on display in this game. I love Baltimore. I love their new offense. I like everything that they're doing, and their defense is really stout too. Give me the Ravens eight and a half point favorite at home. I like that. First game I've got is the Jacksonville Jaguars minus nine minus nine and a half. At home against the Houston Texans, Colts beat this team by 11. I think the Jaguars beat the Colts by 11. I think you're going to hear from Trevor Lawrence. I think Peterson's going to clean it up. I think this defense is going to do more than enough to Stroud to maybe force a pick or two. Um, and I think the Jaguars are going to cover the spread and win by at least 10 points, maybe 13. I really like that you took this game because I stared at it. Nine and a half was a little too aggressive for me. But I, with your logic, it makes plenty of sense. Thank you. Now let's hope it actually happens. There you go. Um, my last game before we get to, obviously, the main segment of our picks, um, Denver's at Miami. Uh, Miami's a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home. I was actually surprised it was only six-and-a-half. Um, I'm taking this money and running with it with the Dolphins. I think they're going to put up a shit ton of points. If Sam Howell and the commanders could put up 35 on the Broncos defense, can you imagine what Tua is going to do? I know Waddle, I think, is in concussion protocol. That's fine. Tyree Kill will be on that field. Uh, he's gunning for 2,000 yards this year. I think he's already up to like 400-something. So I'm going to take Miami, and I think that they're going to embarrass Russell Wilson. Uh, I'm going to take the Dolphins all the all way. I could see this being like, 35 to 14 or something like that. Anticlimactic sperm bank pick of the week. I have the oh, Dolphins no. minus six and a half. This game was just, this game is just like, it's, it's Trent Dilfer's take the cheese. The cheese is on the board, Sean. We got to take our check down, take the cheese. Come on. I mean, yeah. six and a half. I'm going to take that in the first quarter. <laughs> it, this is a joke. Yeah. It should be, it should be 26 and a half. I know. It should be one of those crazy college numbers, shouldn't it? It should be one of those ones where I feel like once a year we talk about, oh, this is the highest spread ever. Like, it, this should be the break the record. It should be minus 40 and a half and nobody else is ever allowed to go higher. Denver continues to get credit in Vegas. I, I don't understand it. They continue to get credit um, where I don't see why. Yeah, well, I'd like to hear their reasoning and I'd like to question it because, I mean... I would be truly like, of course, we both took this game, so you know what's going to happen. But I would be truly shocked if the Broncos went in there and won this game. I would be shocked if the Broncos went in there and lost by less than a touchdown. It's, this spread is, I have to check now. I'm going to check the live spread because I don't remember. We always do the FanDuel picture from their Twitter. I don't know when this was tweeted out, what day, but I, I got it. I'm sorry. I have to if check this. If Waddle is out, maybe it, I could understand it. Sean, you like, could play wide receiver opposite but that's Tyree Kill. Point is, it's just like even if the Dolphins aren't scoring forty points or forty-five points, 
they're not going to score less than 20. And we've seen Denver have times where they struggle to score 13. That alone is seven points. Yep. No, uh, this this one might be the all-timer for us thus far on the podcast, the all-time head-scratcher. Yeah, dude, it's still sitting there at six and a half. If I, yeah. if I use my login, which I did and I just went to the page, I would have. I'll, I'll, I'm going to put the whole house on that. I'm going to pick an alternate spread. Actually, I'm going to do ten. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Listen, the, this is. I am very emotionally invested in your sperm bank this week because we need to. We need to hit this game. I, I will be shocked. If we come out on Monday or Wednesday, rather, of next week, reviewing these picks and being that we both got this wrong. I would be shocked, and we're leading the podcast with that if we get it wrong. All right. Apologies all around if we do. Because I'm telling everybody, go out, take out a mortgage, bet money you can't. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I feel that strongly about it. Yeah. Okay. That about wraps it up. You got anything else? No, man, I will say uh, the Texas game was really fucking oh, yes, fun on, yes. on Saturday night. They did this new white show thing, which, you know, I go to one game a year, and by the way, one game a year, I've been to three. Um, but they they got new lights, and it's going to sound kind of weird, but I hope it's on YouTube. I haven't looked, and if it, if it is, you got to check it out. Okay. Um, During the they game they the, do this? Yeah, the, at the end of the third quarter, before the fourth, um they had like these drone lights above the upper bowl on the visitor side. And they did like this whole white display. They looked like fireworks, but they weren't. And they did the, the shape of the UT tower and then the horns up and then the UT logo. And it just kept like going in and out. It was, it was on, I'm doing a terrible job explaining it, but it's I'm gonna really, look it up. really cool. And, I'm gonna uh, look it up right after this when I hit the toilet. I love it. Yeah, what what great viewing for the toilet. Um, by the way, it seemed like it actually did some good and had some powers because Texas and Wyoming were tied at ten at the end of three, and it was just a shit game. It wasn't even like any team was playing well. Both teams sucked, and then Texas went on a run right after that thing. Um, and scored like three touchdowns in six minutes and one easily. But it was really fucking cool. Hey, man, I'm glad you got to see that. I'm glad you got out and about with your people down there now that you're a Texas fan. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm glad it's you had so fun. It's funny though. how like, Will runs with that where I'm like, yeah, I root for Texas, but I'm not a Texas fan. Like nah. Anybody that was with me or around me on last Saturday night, like – there, it's just like, yeah, is it cool to be somewhere where real college football is a thing and the team's good? For sure. But if they cross any paths with Alabama, again, it's absolutely not. Horns down all the way. Horns down, man. Horns down. But, yeah, you got you got anything else? I, I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm disappointed that they canceled the uh, HBO show, the match. Oh, know, the winning show. time, yeah. Did you watch that yet? I watched the first season. I didn't get into season two. Well, hey, I'm shocked you finished season. It was just so evident. I, they they announced, I think I saw in like Complex or something, that, that they canceled it. But even if I hadn't, when I watched the show, it was so evident because the way they opened the show, if you don't remember, it was like Magic like announcing that he had HIV. Mm-hmm. So clearly there was a plan to lead up to that that moment in time. 
But then when they wrapped it, it was just like, yeah. And then the Lakers went on to win. They lost the Celtics. I think it was 85. And they went on to win this. And it's like, okay, so you guys were clearly planning on getting at least one, if not a couple more seasons out of this. And it was really good. Like, I really enjoyed it. There must have been. Like, diving into season two. There must have been rumblings of, like, a a defamation lawsuit or something. Because I, between the, the way it was shot. The actors that they hired, which were incredible, and John C. Riley was amazing. Dude. You couldn't yeah. have done a better job casting. One of the best athlete, uh, whatever, actors I've ever seen between Kareem, Magic, and Larry, and even Dr. J, too, if you don't remember his little little part in it. It was just such a good show, one of the better ones HBO's put out in a long time. So I just feel like there must have been a lot of heat surrounding this past season. I don't know if, what for. Maybe the bus family or something was threatening to sue, and, and that's why it ended. Because like that show, everybody must have been watching that show that like sports, and it was really good. I know most of it was BS and and um, over dramatized, but it was still like great that's television. The whole point. Yeah, of it, course, yeah, it's not it was, a documentary. It was a show, exactly. It was not a documentary. It was meant to portray, obviously dramatized dramatized and a little fictionalized and overdone all of these focal players and members of that Lakers dynasty. And you're right. It was supposed to lead up for several more seasons. I can't see the clip of the Riley uh, post or pregame rant that he had from this season. I think it was like one or two episodes ago. That was phenomenal TV. And I just saw the clip. I mean, come on. Yeah, I just think, honestly, like, if you go over all of the actors, including the athletes, I think it was the way, like you mentioned, Riley was portrayed or, um, you know, Bus or even his daughter. or They were – it was just – I just thought it was one of the best shows HBO's put out in a long time, and I really don't know why they got rid of it. But I'm telling you, it had something to do with the lawsuit. Yeah, I, I don't disagree um, for all the reasons that you mentioned – Sure, people were not happy, and they've had enough of it, and it had to go. Yep. You got anything else? Not much else planned. Uh, one of my one of my good friends. Uh, it's her birthday this weekend, so I'm sure I'll go out and about on Saturday. There you go. Uh, see what's going on. Um, group of people, but other than that, good college football weekend. Um, and we're back in the swing of things, and you know, I like the fact my Giants play tomorrow night because get it over with. Weekend, I can just get it over with and be good. What about you? What do you got going on? Well, tomorrow we may have a podcast. It's going to be all golf related, a little Ryder Cup. Um, shouldn't That's be right. too long, Ryder but it'll Cup be fun. Um, so yeah, I'll be enjoying that this weekend. I'm hoping the weather holds up because I'd like to play some golf as the season winds down. It's your birthday weekend, dude. You got to do something. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going to dinner at my mom's house. I just said, listen, this year it's a low-key birthday. I'm going to dinner at my mom's house. She said, oh, let's go to a restaurant. I said, no, you cook me chicken parm. You bake me a cake. We sit down. We drink and be merry and enjoy it. And then I may play a little golf, may watch a little football, enjoy the Ryder Cup. It's a chill weekend for me, man. I'm old, dude. I, I, I you know, I don't need all these parties. I don't need to be the center of attention. Hey, I, I, I hear that. Um. I never thought I would hear the day where you'd say, I don't need to be the center of attention. Wow, that says something, huh? (laughs) No, um, 
listen, we're going to try to get a pot in tomorrow for everybody just to preview the Ryder Cup. But by the off chance that we don't, because sometimes life comes up, Tom, I want to wish you a very happy birthday, buddy. Uh, and, you know, I love you, and I hope whatever you end up doing uh, sounds like a great time. Seeing your mom, getting your chicken parm, getting a cake. That's all you need, man. Life is simple. That's a fact. The only icing on the cake would be if you told me you were flying up this weekend, but I don't want to ask too much. Uh, I would love to. I would love to. I will be up there in uh, three weeks for Frenchie's wedding, but it will not be enough time to see your lovely family. Every damn time, bro. Can we get an extra day out of you, for Christ's sakes? I'll put Man, you up in my apartment asked, for free. I know. Well, you know, the wedding's in Farmington, so unfortunately you're the complete opposite direction. Uh, I have no idea where that is, but I'm going to assume it's far. It's up on, like, it's in between... Um, it's in between Richfield and like uh, where in like stores, UConn. It's like a little before Hartford. That's a big in between, man. <laughs> I yeah, thought you were gonna say it's, it's in like between the, Ridgefield. Like I meant like it's like the exact halfway point. Like, it's, oh, okay. It's basically like an hour and ten, hour twenty from Ridgefield, and uh, yeah, it's like right a couple exits before Hartford, I think. Well, congratulations to Frenchie, but we'll be talking before then. Um, oh yeah. But we'll be talking Next tomorrow. Next I go up there, I'm going to be at your wedding. So. Yeah, I know. It's crazy to think. It's going to be great. A little bit, little bit more than a year. All right, everybody. We'll, we'll be talking to you tomorrow. All right. I like it. Take care, everybody.